Let's just thank the Lord this morning. Lord God, we thank you for your presence, Lord. God, we thank you for your power, Jesus. We thank you for all that you're doing. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Is there anybody that's grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ in your life? Amen. Well, it's good to be here. It's good to be here with all of you. You may be seated. Good to be in the house of the Lord worship team. Thank you so much. Again, for all of our friends, thank you for worshiping with us. Amen. Very feel very powerful right now. Um, so I do have to say this. Um, before we jump in, I want to give a shout out to our youth pastors, Ben and Trinity Compton. They had their baby last week, and that is so exciting. That is so, so exciting. And so, you know, they've got that fourth edition and, and all of that. And so uh, we got to give them props and send them diapers. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we love them. I want to just publicly say we love them. And, and, you know, we're here to support them as they are, you know, working on getting, you know, things regulated. And so we're so happy for that. Amen. And so let's jump on in um, because I, today I really just want to talk to you about myself, all right? So don't judge me today, okay? Don't nobody judge me today, all right? So I want to talk about um, the look of victory. I want to talk about the look of victory. And let me give you just a little context, a little background on, um, you know, where I'm coming from today. So yesterday, Sarah and I were driving, and that's one of the things, like, pandemic-wise, um, we, we, you know, started doing these, like, these weekly drives, which turned into daily drives and we just drive and around and you know enjoy each other's company and I tell my students all the time I'd be like and we just hold hands and they're like (laughs) right Uh, and so we were driving yesterday and um, one of the things that if you like those that really know me they will tell you like you know I'm pretty cluttered in things like in life but I have to have a clean car like, I have to. Like, it is like a, like, I will go through the car wash, like, five times a day. Like, if I could. Like, if, if I could. If I could get paid, you know, if that could be my job just to go through the car wash for my own car, like, that'd be good. So, yesterday we were driving, and, and typically what happens is we'll take a drive and we'll go to the car wash or whatever. Well, another thing that I'm, like, a sucker for is, like, students that are raising money for something. Like, kids that are raising money for something, whether it's, like, lemonade or bake sales or things. Um, like, I will always, like, try and stop and, like, show some support. And so yesterday we were driving, and um, there was a group that was doing uh, a car wash. I'm like, look at this. Like, two birds, one stone. So they came, and they did. And it's kind of awkward, you know, because they're, like, standing there, like, washing your car, and you're watching them. And, like, so uh, they, they were washing the car. And, like, Sarah, like, looks over at me, and she was like, we're going to have to go to the car wash, aren't we? And I'm like, yes, because they're doing a terrible job. Like, I wanted to get out of the car and instruct them. Like, I really did. Like, I wanted to, like, you missed a spot right there, right there. Just give me a towel, right? Um, but I didn't. You know, I, 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 I didn't. So we gave them the money, and we literally went to the car wash. Like, right from there, we went to the car wash. Um, <laughs> I'm not lying. Like, she's back there, and she's going to, like, right? Thumbs up. So, went to the car wash. Well, then we went to the car wash, and there was a problem. 
because I have one of those passes that, you know, you can get unlimited car washes, right? You know, and so I have one of those passes and it didn't work. And so I had to pay for my car wash. And I was very frustrated. I was very, very frustrated. I was like, can I see management, please, right? Um, and so I get to the car wash, I go to the car wash, and I zoom around, and I go to the office. And the dude, the, and he was like a younger guy that was working in there, and I felt bad, but he was very helpful. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, something was glitching in our system, and so I'm gonna give you this for free. And I'm like, cha-ching, victory. Like, today is like the, the best day. Like, I got to support these kids. I got my car, like, initial, that was like a pre-wash, and then I got it for real washed for free. Like, the Lord is looking out for me. Well, we were delivering something to someone's house, and I've never been to their house before. And so we were trying to drop off, like, a little care package for them. And, and so we go, and I'm following the directions, and the directions took us, and it was out in Belleville. Um, and so the directions took us out to, Belleville's this way. So it took us out to Belleville. I do know my direction. Some of y'all was like, this dude don't know what he's talking about. It's this way. All right, so I, we were going through Belleville, and, and we dropped it off, and we were heading home. And I've never been to where we were, so I was following the directions home, and it told me to take a right. And I was like, okay, I've never been down this road, but it's fine. I took a right, and it was fine for like 10 feet. Y'all know what happened, didn't you? It was a dirt road. <laughs> <laughs> this was so disrespectful. I was so, I felt so disrespected by life yesterday. I felt so disrespected. I was like, Lord, forgive me. I must have done something wrong. My attitude must have been wrong. And so guess where we going right away? Like, and like, that was the way that Sarah was able to like, like call me and talk me off the ledge. She was like, we'll just go after church. Don't worry about it. Like she saw it coming. She saw me about to get all stressed. And she was like, don't worry. We'll go to the car wash right after church tomorrow. And so, but I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, like, what does victory look like? Like, I was so pumped because I had gotten that pre-wash, and I was able to help the kids, and they were excited, and I got to see some kids that I knew, and, you know, that was, that was wonderful. And then I got to get a free car wash, and I was so excited, and I thought that, you know, I was like, this is life. This is it. Like, this is wonderful. But oftentimes, when we're thinking of victory, that's our vision. We're on the mountaintop. Things are going well. Things are exciting. We've got something to shout about. We've got something to pat, pat uh, somebody on the back about. Somebody can come and talk to us. We get to brag about it. Like, listen, I got this free car wash today. It's something exciting. But we fail to realize oftentimes that victory also looks like something else. In Mark chapter number one, we find what I've always considered one of the most beautiful, beautiful uh, stories and depictions in Scripture. And it says, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth and, and, and of Galilee, and he was baptized of John in the Jordan. You see, there's this, this beautiful triumphant scene, this beautiful experience. You see, John was, was commissioned to prepare the way for Jesus to, to get everyone ready. And so now Jesus is beginning that, that, that ministry and he's doing that thing. And it says, and, and straightway coming out of the water, it says, it says he saw the heavens open up and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And then it says, and there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We find that in this moment, there's this beautiful depiction of, 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 of baptism and, and this experience, and it's wonderful and, and great. And, and what it reminds me of is when I used to come home with good grades. 
I remember, like, you know, I would come home, and I don't know how y'all do it, but, but, you know, when we had good grades, they would go up on the refrigerator. When we had bad grades, they would go on the refrigerator too, but that's something else. That's, that's a whole other thing. But I remember being, you know, getting good grades and, you know, or getting good phone calls, and, and you know, uh, mom would be so proud of us. There'd be like big celebrations. She'd be so incredibly proud. Like, look at what is happening. Look at what's going on. I am so pleased with what you're doing. I'm so pleased with what's going on. I'm, I, listen, you're, you're making a great strides. And, and this looks like a victorious moment. You see, last week, we celebrated Easter. Last week, we... We came and we gathered on Friday night and we honored the, the sacrifice of the crucifixion. Jesus going on the cross. But a week ago today, we also gathered in this room and we celebrated and shouted Jesus' victory over death, hell, and the grave. We are excited and ecstatic because the story didn't end on the cross, but, but three days later we find that, that he rose again. And that because he did, that I can have life, that I can be living, that I can do great things, that I have victory because of the victory that he brought for me. And so uh, uh, just a few days ago we celebrated the beauty of this moment, of this Easter moment. But oftentimes what happens is we look at these big moments and we look at these big circumstances and these situations and we look at them and we think, oh, look how great that is, look how wonderful that is, not realizing that that's not the only look of victory. You see, because this moment is so beautiful. This moment in Mark is so wonderful. Easter is so great and so fantastic. And believe me, it's something to be excited about. But today I want to just jump in just a little bit, dig in just a little bit about what victory really looks like. In Acts chapter number 16, I remember being a kid and I was listening to a gospel song and there was a lady and she was preaching and about Acts chapter 16 and this bit, like, like she made it seem so powerful then and it's been one of my favorites ever since. And so it says, one day as we were going down to a place of prayer, we met a slave girl. So this is Paul and Silas. It says, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. And so she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She, she was very valuable. And so it says she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Like, this sounds, you know, like, like when I've read it, and I'd be like, this is, like, what's the problem? Like, this sounds good. Like, she's just, like, saying good stuff. But it's saying, like, like, like it says in the, the next verse, it says that this went on day after day. Look at these dudes. Look at that. They're here to tell you how to be saved. They're the ones that are telling you how to be saved. Listen, I can tell you the future, but look at these ones. They think that they can tell you how to be saved. It says that Paul got so exasperated. He got so frustrated. Like, we always think of, like, the, the, these, these Bible preachers as, like, being, like, meek and mild and, and, and calm and, and composed. I love, like, the fact that God let us know that they are real. 
I don't know about y'all, but there are some things that make me crazy, like a dirty car, but we'll talk about that. We'll get it fixed this afternoon. Thank you, Sarah. But Paul says he got so exasperated that he turned and he talked to the demon. He says, come on out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out of her. And instantly it left her. This is a triumphant moment. This is a moment where the power of God shows himself, he shows himself so strong and so mighty because instantly with the name of Jesus Christ being proclaimed in this situation, she is delivered from something that has bound her for years. This is something to shout about. This is something to be excited about. This is a moment where there's a victorious uh, jubilation in the atmosphere. There are, this is time when we're, we're patting each other on the back and high-fiving and saying, look how good God is. Look at what God has done for me. Look at what God has brought me uh, uh, about for me. Look at what he's delivered me from. And we all have these moments. There are things in our life where we can look around and say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side in that moment, if it had not been for God delivering me in that time, if it had not been for his love and his compassion and his care for me, I would not be here today. So thanks be to God. I'm going to shout about it. I'm going to dance about it because God has been good to me. We have these moments where victory is evident. Where Sister Brenda, I'm able to go and say, look at this. I once was lost, but now I'm found. When I was yet a sinner, but God. It was all impossible. Everybody said it wasn't going to happen, but God. You see, we have these stories in these moments. Each one of us have these times in our life where God shows himself strong and mighty. We can definitively point to that moment as a moment of victory for us. We get excited about these moments. We get ecstatic. There are those that are shouting with us, Brother Carl. Those are watershed moments in our life. But we fail to often realize what comes right after. You see, we often fail to realize the cycle that happens right after. Because when, when God does things for me, there's someone that's not excited for me. You see, when God does great things for me, there's still an enemy that's coming to steal, to kill, and destroy. When, when I have victory and when I have hope and when I have joy, there's one, there's a devourer that's coming, seeking, and, 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 and the, to, to that which he can... And the, you see, when we find ourselves in a place of victory, right behind it, out of nowhere, we often find ourselves confronting our greatest trial. You see, because we just read about this instantaneous healing that happened. But if we go in verse number 22 of Acts chapter 16, it says, And a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. You see, you would think that this is a moment where everybody's excited. This is a moment where everybody's coming and like, let's high five. Like, listen, victory is on the horizon. But we find that quickly a mob formed against Paul and Silas. And it says, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten. 
It says they were severely beaten in verse number 23. It says they were severely beaten. They were thrown into prison and their jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. And so what they did was they, 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 it says that the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. I don't know about you, but when I open up the, the, the storybooks and when I, when I read and when I'm trying to imagine what victory, does, what victory looks like and what it sounds like, it doesn't sound like getting beaten. It doesn't sound like getting thrown into jail. It doesn't sound like that. That's not the image that comes to my mind when I'm talking about victory, when I'm thinking about victory, when I, when I picture what it means to be victorious. It doesn't look like mobs coming against me and mobs beating me. It doesn't look like uh, everybody coming and, and saying things about me and nobody understanding. But, but, but it doesn't look like that. But we, what I want us to understand is that, 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 in this moment, in these times when we're thinking about God doing tremendously powerful things in our life, if he was in the moment where he was able to speak and she was delivered, if he was in that moment, if we're shouting about him being in that moment, we've got to shout about him when they put us in the middle of the prison. You see, we're comfortable shouting and excited when things are going well. But hear me today. It was difficult when they saw him on the cross. It's difficult. But his word says that I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. He says, I'm going to come back. Even when everything seems lost, even when everything seems broken, when everything seems done, we still have to believe. As a Christian, as those that are truly connected to him, it is vitally important that I'm still connected in my faith even when everything seems lost. You see, we, re we read in Mark chapter 1 where it says that the, 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 the heavens were opened and Father looks down and says, I'm proud of you. It's famous. But go to the next one. Go to the next verse. It says, and immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. After this amazing moment, immediately there's a wilderness experience. And then uh, the next verse in verse number 13, it says, and he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan and, and was with the wild beasts. Let me tell you, oftentimes we think victory looks like just being on the mountain. But hear me, just because you're in the valley, doesn't make you any less victorious. Just because you find yourself in the wilderness doesn't make you any less victorious. Just because you find yourself beaten and broken and exhausted and frustrated doesn't mean that you are any less victorious. You see, there are those that have come through this Easter season and you had an amazing move of God. You had an amazing experience with God. There were those that your children, like you're like, man, they're now talking about Jesus. And there's those that, that came out of that service last week or, or over this last, we've had some powerful services this year. God has been doing incredible things. There have been reports of healings and things that are like amazing things that are happening in this hour. There are those that are like, you know what, pastor, I have no clue what's going on. God is, must, he's doing some 
incredible works, and we are celebrating with you. We are excited about what God is doing, and we are waiting to hear the incredible things that are going to continue to happen on your behalf. We are celebrating with what God is going to continue to do on your behalf. But there are those that have come through this situation and you're looking at your, your life and something has immediately, after you've been on the mountain, immediately you've been faced with your greatest trial. Immediately you've been faced with your greatest situation. Immediately you've been faced with stuff that you've never had to deal with, that stuff you've never, you're like, where did this come from? Let me tell you right now. Oftentimes after our greatest triumph, we have to face our greatest battle. Victory doesn't just look like being on the mountain. There are those that are fighting for your family, fighting for your finances, for your business, for your children, for your mind, for your sanity, for your health, for your stability, for your strength. And you are feeling far less than victorious. You're feeling weak. You're feeling broken. But I declare victory over you right now. I declare victory in your home, in your life, in your children, in your circumstance, in your situation. Just because you seem dark and dim and desperate does not mean you are any less victorious. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's the same today. He is the same forevermore. He's still working on your behalf. He's still speaking life. He's still working it out. He's still bringing about hope and joy and victory. So right now, in the midst of your moment, know that God has not left you on the mountain. He's not just watching you be defeated. But right now, his word is still true that he will never leave you nor forsake you. But he's right here with you in the middle of this moment, in the middle of this storm, in the middle of the fight of your life. So hear me. I'm almost done. So hear me today. I want to remind you, there are those that are under the sound of my voice, whether you're hearing it now or you're watching it later, that you're looking at your circumstances like what is happening right now. I want to remind you of some things that even though you may find yourself in the presence of beasts, even though you may find yourself facing things that are dangerous and, and seem to be overwhelming and see that you, I have no idea how I'm going to survive that, know that you are not alone in it. You have not been forsaken. You have not been forgotten. Even though the beasts are there, it says that the angels were there as well. There were things that were protecting, things that were keeping, things that, you know what, the Lord still is the Lord strong and mighty in battle. He's still the one that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Don't know, don't look at the, the size of your problem but know that God is greater than anything you can face. Greater is he that is within you. The one that has spoken the word in you, the one that's speaking still over you, the one that's speaking over your children, the one that's speaking over your finances, the one that's speaking over your future, over your promise, over your potential, the one that's speaking those words, the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, than he that is coming against you, than he that is trying to defeat you. Listen right now. It doesn't matter how great your storm is. Jesus Christ is right in the middle of it with you. He has not left you. You are not alone. It does not matter how desperate the moment seems. You are not alone. So when that enemy comes in like a flood, when you're finding yourself looking around and saying, Brother Carl, 
victory was in my grasp yesterday. When you're looking around and saying, how did I get here? Why is this happening? I want to remind some of you, not only are you not alone, but he's done some things for you before. You see, I have found this in my life. I know that y'all are all good, strong, wonderful Christians that got it all together, but I'm going to just talk about, I told you I'm going to talk about me. I find that when I'm struggling the most, when life has, when circumstances and stuff are so, the, so dense, the cloud, anybody ever just been in that fog of frustration and it's just been so dense, it's difficult for me to remember what God has done before. It's difficult for me to remember those things that he brought me out of before, those things that he's done before. You see, I got to talk to the youth on, on, on what day was that? Wednesday. Okay, I told you I'm old. See, don't play. All right, so I got, to, I got to dust off my youth pastor skills. It's been a minute. But I got to go and talk to them on Wednesday. And I got to share a little bit. And I told them, like, they get to see, you know, Stefan uh, on Sundays, you know, uh, shouting and, 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 and sweating and spitting, right? That's the, that's the Stefan they get to see. But I, I was sharing with them a little bit of my story and, and what God has done for me. And, and I was like, you know, it's difficult when you're going through trials to remember how far you've come. It's difficult because all you can see is the struggle, all you can see is the, the, the frustration. All you can see is the hurt, the pain, the anguish, the bitterness. All you can hear are those voices of negativity, the, the vo the, those haters. Like, that's all you can hear. But, but hear me today. There are those of you that have gone through some things, that have experienced some things, that you have, you know, you, you've got the notches on your belt to say, I've been through some stuff, but not just have you been through some stuff, but you are still here to talk about it today. You are still able to stand and say, listen, look at what God used to be. Look at where I used to go. Look at what my story used to be. But now look at what God has done. He has changed me. He has reshaped me. He has, he has flipped it around. And, and so now I'm able to stand in victory, not because I'm strong, not because I'm mighty, not because I'm smart, not because I'm whatever, but because he's good and his mercy endures forever because his grace is sufficient still for me. And if God can do it for me, baby, if he did it for me back then, he will do it for me again. If he got me through it right back then, he will get me through it right now. Listen, but not only that, if he can get me through it back then, he can get you through it right now. He can get you through whatever you're facing, whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever struggle, whatever if he did it for me then he can do it for me now so not only are you alone but in the moments when the enemy comes in like a flood I need somebody here in 2022 to lean back into your testimony to lean back into what God has done for you when nothing else seems to work when everything seems to be lost when the ground seems to be shaken somebody needs to go back to that point and say listen God I know that I need a deliverance God I know I need something great and, and I'm going to go back to what you've done for me before and be reminded that it is not done it is not dead you have not left me back there but God you are going to bring me out because your word says that you are forever with me listen Paul standing in front of this mob beaten bruised thrown into a prison at no point do we hear him whining and crying and moaning and groaning because we find he says this to the church in Corinth he says listen y'all 
Let me tell you. Let me tell you right now. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. He says this. He says, five different times I received 39 lashes. He says, I, I've been beaten with a rod three different times. I've been stoned. I've been shipwrecked three times. I spent a whole night and day just adrift, just aimlessly drifting here and there. I've been robbed. I had to face murderers. And this is the one that got me. He says, I've had to face danger from unbelievers and those I thought were believers, but were not. And so with all of that being his story, he's looking at a, he's looking at a, 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 a inner prison. He's looking at chains and he's looking at beatings. He's looking at, at people coming against him. And he's saying, this isn't a big deal. Because if God got me through those beatings, if God got me through that trial, if God got me through those shipwrecks, when God got me through that disaster, if God got me through that trial, if God got me through that calamity, if God got me through that brokenness, that desolation, that loneliness, that bitterness, that anger, if he could get me through that, listen, anything you throw at me today, I will be able to be okay. Because he got me through it then, he's going to get me through it now. My my testimony from then, my struggles from then, and the word of God that got me through then is what is going to sustain me, keep me, and give me sufficient for me today. Hear me. Some of you have been through the fight of your life already. Some of you have experienced the heartache. You've experienced the pain. You know what it's like to get that diagnosis. You know what it's like to go through that broken relationship. You know what it's like to be beaten and bruised, that health report. You know what it's like to lose that job. You know what it's like to see things falling apart but if God could bring you through right back then if God could get you through it then somebody needs to remember that God will bring you through right now Revelation says that he's overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the working of God, by the shedding of His blood, and the power of our testimony. You see, somebody's got to start speaking life. Somebody's got to start speaking life. Birth out of what God has done for you, what He has done for you on the cross, what He has done for you through your journey, what he has done through you, through your problems, through your mountaintops, as well as your valleys. Somebody's got to speak life and say, he did it before. He did it before. Come on right now, somebody, you know exactly what you, there's some things that you are facing and you're saying, I'm frustrated and I'm overwhelmed and I, I don't have the answer. But somebody's got to start speaking life right now. Listen, I am still the head and not the tail. I am still more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, which has strengthened me. I will still lift up my head. From my, I will still lift up my head. I will lift it up into the hills from which cometh my help. Why? Because my help still cometh from the Lord in the midst of this moment, in the midst of this despair. God is still going to do incredible things. Why? Because he's shown himself mighty before and he is not a liar. He will still show himself mighty again in my life. All right.
I said I was almost done. Now I am. Now, last thing. Y'all can come and, and, and we're about to be finished. Hear me. So not only are you alone, not only do you need to lean into your testimony, but somebody, hear me, somebody has got to change the atmosphere. You've got to change it. You've got to change it. And here's how it's changed. You see, Paul and Silas got thrown into, into the middle into the darkest, dimmest part. They couldn't get out. There was nothing. There was no. There was no light. There was nothing. There was no opportunity for them to be freed. Right. But in this moment, the atmosphere I could see was the jailer made sure they're like, "This is about to be a desperate situation for y'all." Listen, I got you. It's over. It is done. It is finished. The stone. The stone was rolled in front. I know it ain't Easter, but I gotta, I gotta go back. The stone was rolled in front. It was dark, it was done, it was finished. Some of you know what that looks like. You know what it looks like to look at your promises and your dreams and be like, this is done. This is dead. This is finished. You look at your futures. You look at the things and you're like, this is, there's no reason. There's no point. Listen, Peter, Satan desires to have you, that he may sift you like wheat. It's done. It's finished. But Jesus says this, he said, Peter, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Moms, don't give up hope on your babies. Husbands, don't give up. Don't give up on your neighbors. Don't give up on that dream. Don't give up on that opportunity. Don't stop speaking life today. Oh, I'm speaking to some people that are at the end of their rope. I need somebody to hear me right now. This may not be you, but I'm going to ask you. If that's not you, I'm going to ask you to activate your spirit right now because I feel within me that there are some, there are some people here that are hearing me that are at the end of their rope. They don't know what to do. Hear me. Enemy has come in like a, he wants to destroy. You know what it's like to say, listen, I'm done to be thrown in the inner prison. All hope locked away. All opportunity. There are no next steps. There's no option. But hear me, Sister Roseanne, hear me. the middle of a midnight hour Acts chapter 16 it says and at midnight Paul and Silas they've been beaten they've been assaulted they were just on the mountaintop victory was theirs but now they're broken and beaten thrown, shackled, chained, no opportunity for escape, for, for anything next, but it says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas, 
they prayed and they began to meditate on the Lord. They began to sing a little bit. They began to just worship just a little bit. You see, because here's what happens. And I've had to learn this. I can get so enamored with the struggle. So enamored. I can be so overwhelmed and and surrounded by the frustration of the moment that that's all I can think about. That's all I can see. That's all I can feel is the situation. But when I begin to, to change the atmosphere a little bit, when I begin to put on that worship music and I, when I begin to open my word, when I begin to, when, when, when I understand, that doesn't mean that the situations and circumstances have changed. Listen, they are still shackled. They are still bound. They are still in jail. They are still locked away. Everybody else is still talking about them. There's still brokenness around. Everybody's saying it's still hopeless. There's still, the, the, the things, that the circumstances haven't changed. But you know what? I'm about to change the atmosphere based on what I see, what I'm looking at, what I'm focused on, what I'm connected to. It's not just about this stuff. It's not just about the things, but I know that God is my deliverer, my help, my present help in the time of trouble. And so in the midst of this trial, in the midst of this moment, in the midst of this darkness, I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to praise. I'm still going to lift up my voice. I'm still going to do those things. Why? Because he's worthy. Because he's good. Because his mercies are new every day. Because I know, listen, he's done it for me before and he'll do it again. And so it's changes the atmosphere. Somebody needs to begin to maybe just close your eyes for just a minute and just say, God, I don't have the strength, but you are worthy. Somebody just need to just close their eyes and just begin to just focus and meditate on the, someone maybe just open up the word just for a minute and just pray through some psalms and, and sing through some psalms. I know that things are difficult. I know that it's hard. I know that you're still weeping. I know that there's still brokenness. I know that the circumstances haven't changed, but you will find that something amazing and incredible happens when you begin to activate your spirit and God begins to do something incredible, when the atmosphere begins to change, when even though the circumstances and the surroundings and the things haven't changed, know that God can still do incredible things. And so I'm going to worship and I'm going to pray and I'm going to praise, even though my stuff hasn't changed, even though I'm still feeling bound, even though I'm still feeling broken, even though they still haven't talked to me, even though my finances are still a mess, even though my kids still haven't come to God, even though these things still haven't happened, I'm going to keep on praising. I'm going to keep on fasting. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on worshiping. Why? Because that changes my atmosphere. That changes what I see. That changes what I engage with. And so Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners heard them. And you remember earlier we talked about suddenly the mob came suddenly the wilderness came but you see what happens when you start activating the spirit God begins to come suddenly and you see it's a suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison uh, the foundations were shaken and Paul and Silas's doors were opened but you see here's what I like Thomas I'm bound I'm broken, I'm frustrated, I'm flustered. 
I'm angry. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for other people. And I'm going to just start, I'm going to do those things. I'm praying for my kids and I'm praying for my finances. But I'm also praying for other people. And you see, through that changing of the atmosphere, Paul and Silas's prison doors were open. They flew open. They flew on open. But Sister Gail, it's not just about your chains. You see, when, when you start activating your spirit, you see, it says that this blessing is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You know what that looks like? That means that you get to live free. That means that you get to shout. You get to walk in that victory that you just had. But it's not just for you. It says that all the doors were open. It says that all the chains, every prisoner's chains were free. Every one of them were living free. Not just be, not because they'd gotten it right, but because there was somebody that was willing to say, even though my circumstances haven't changed, I'm still going to lift up the Lord for us all. I'm going to shout for us all. I'm going to worship for us all. You see, there are some husbands that have been praying for your wife for so long. You are feeling broken. You are feeling frustrated. You are feeling flustered. Let me tell you, just keep on praising. Keep on praying and you will find release for yourself. You'll find that freedom for yourself. You'll be walking in that victory for yourself. But one day you'll look and say, what happened to you? What got into you? Because you know what? It's not just about you, but it begins to unlock and unleash something in somebody else and they start living free. They start having hope. They start having joy. They start having peace. You're able to, th things start changing. Atmospheres for everybody starts changing, but it starts with you. Right now, if we can stand all over the room. Jesus. In the Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come first this place and fill the atmosphere. You're Here's where we are. There are some people in here that are looking around and you're like, Stefan, you're talking about this victory stuff and I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling victorious. Let me remind you, victory often looks like fight, frustration, being overwhelmed, feeling broken and beaten. Victory often looks like being overwhelmed because right after that moment of victory, you see, it's not just about a moment. God wants us to live a life of victory having a victorious existence and so just because you're broken doesn't mean you're less victorious just because you're frustrated doesn't mean you are any less victorious 
Even though you feel broken and, and, and bound up and, and, and things aren't working out the way you thought, that does not mean that victory is not yours. But there are some that are here that are like, Stefan, I hear you, but I, I, I believe, but I need some help. Help my unbelief. Here's what you do. You remember, Jesus Christ is here. He's here for you, right? Anybody feel the presence of the Lord here today? Anybody feel the power of God here today? Oh, listen, he is here for you. All you have to do is reach out. Hebrews says that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so you can seek him and find him today in this moment. But also, I need you to wade through the fog and remember. You see, the Lord told Joshua, he says, you're about to cross over this thing and grab 12 stones for future generations to remind them. To remind them of, of, of what I've done as a reminder, as a marker. There are some of us that need to be reminded, that need to go back to some markers to go back to some things and say, listen, I used to live in brokenness daily. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't make ends meet. I had no, I was alone. I was broken. There are some of you that are right there and saying, my God, there is no way I'm gonna make it. But you know what? God brought me out. God saved my marriage. God saved my business. There are those of you that, that you're like, I didn't have a place to stay. I didn't have a job. I was living in my car. That is some of your story that I know for a fact. Some of us need to be reminded of the testimony that we have. Some of you are standing here and you're like, the only way I'm standing today is it because of the goodness of God. The only way I'm able to make it here today is because of the goodness of God. But not just that, some of y'all need to tell somebody your story because he didn't just do it just for you. But the Old Testament maketh fat the bones. It, it, it strengthens somebody else. There is somebody that survival is, is based upon the fact that God did something for you. And so remember your testimony. Last thing. Every day may seem dark and dim, but hear me, you have the power to change that atmosphere. Yes, you may be feeling for, forsaken and forgotten. Paul says that I was, I, I had to face bodily harm from those that I thought were Christians. There may be people that are fighting you that you are like, where did that come from? What in the world? Hear me. In those moments, when it seems the darkest of the hours, if you begin to pray, if you begin to worship, if you just, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And just begin to just invite him in and just, God, feel it all. I, I'm broken, but, 
but you let your glory, God, let it just, just, just let it fill it. I'll let your train fill this You'll be amazed because you'll feel a rumble. Come on right now. There are some of you that are feeling it right now. I'm, you don't have to wait for me. The altars are open. There's the official welcome. You are welcome to come. There will be people that are here that are going to worship with you. But hear me. Don't let this moment go. Whatever your need may be, whatever it may look like, I'm asking you to just begin to change your atmosphere, change your view, change what's happening, and just begin to cry out, reach out unto God. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. And watch him do incredible things in you, in your marriage, in your children, in your, fi in your health, in your mind, in your peace. It does incredible things. You tap into the presence of God. If there are those that would like to come forward, that would like to pray, I'm happy to pray with you. There will be some elders up here that are going to be happy to pray with you. But know this, Jesus Christ, he sees you, he knows you, and he is professing victory over you. You look like victory. Why? Because he's in your life and he's working on your behalf. God bless you as you begin to reach out and see him do incredible things in your life. God bless you.